Welcome to Tarot for the End of Times, a podcast where we utilize the tarot as a tool to navigate through epochs of deep change. My name is Sarah Cargill. I'm an artist, cultural worker, and your host throughout the duration of this series. In each episode, I'll take a look at the archetypal figures presented in the Major Arcana cards from the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck to discuss what each card has to say about navigating through cycles of change, chaos, and instability. Throughout each episode, I'll offer reflection questions and suggestions for exercises that might support you in inviting the energy and wisdom of these archetypes into your daily life and practice. If you'd like to support this podcast and the person who makes it, you can make a monthly donation through my page on anchor.fm. Your generous act of community care and reciprocity helps me to access the resources I need to make projects like this possible and sustainable. You can also support this work by sharing this podcast with your friends and loved ones, and most importantly, by tuning in. Thanks for joining me. I think it may be time to let the light in, to let the sun touch my bare skin and shatter across steely, rounded shoulders as the warmth of my tears deliver evidence that I am thawing. The light meanders down the curve of my back tributaries of honey-liquid gold pool in the groove of my spine, a salty-sweet alchemy that clings to the small of my back, seeping through fault lines, mapping where I've been touched by change, slowly dripping into an emptied cistern somewhere in the depth of me, where I listen to the cavernous echoes that sing I'm alive, drip, I'm alive, drip, I'm alive. We don't talk enough about how vulnerable joy really is and how often we avoid it to dodge the tenderest parts of ourselves. So many of us have, at one point or another, soldered together entire identities, personalities, and lives out of our wounds. Even though it hurts to wear, it's yours and It gives you something to wield, something to place a bet on, something to wrap yourself up in. So you put that shit on every day and it becomes your uniform because it looks familiar and smells familiar. And the more you wear it, the more it smells like you. And the more you wear it, the more it conforms to the shape of you and really It's fucking clunky, uncomfortable, and frankly, rank. But the familiarity makes it all the worthwhile because 
that's what registers as safety. And just when you think you've finally perfected the look, the sun beams in to ask, are you really going to wear that again? To which you reply, yes, this is my outfit. This is my uniform. This is what I wear. What, do you expect me to go out there naked? And the sun says, I mean, you could. And of course, this annoys the shit out of you, so you try to dismiss them, right? By saying, well, what the hell do you know about the world? You're just a kid. And the son replies, well, I may not know much about the world you've created, but I know you're unhappy. And now this kid has managed to insult you and your lifestyle. So you double down by buckling yourself into every single layer of armor you own and you say to them, look, this is me. I may not be happy, but I'm safe. And you stomp around repeating this like an affirmation. I may not be happy, but I'm safe. I may not be happy, but I am safe. And you keep doing this until you realize that you are on the verge of a goddamn heat stroke and that you're no longer happy nor safe. You could be enjoying the sun, but instead you're getting cooked in your own gear. Discomfort gives way to reflection and you start to wonder if, well, maybe that kid had a point. So you go back to strike a deal with the son and you say to them, look, I'll give it a try, but you got to promise to guard my stuff. The son agrees, but not without a cheeky little remark. Yeah, I'll watch your stuff, but... I can't promise you'll want it later. Now, as you remove your armor, you, you start to feel a little lighter. And so you turn to the sun and you say, okay, this is kind of nice, but, but what if people don't recognize me? And the sun replies, is that, is that really what you want to be recognized for? Then you ask, well, okay, well, what if I don't recognize me? And the son replies, you mean, what if you stop letting your wounds run the show? And at this point, you finally crack a smile because damn, kids really do be saying the quiet part out loud. And then the son returns your glance with a mischievous smirk as if to say, Gotcha. Yeah. Choosing joy is vulnerable. And in the world we live in, vulnerability is a bold choice. It requires us to courageously accept that we're more than the worst mistakes we've made or the burdens we've inherited from previous seasons. If the previous Leonine card, the strength card, connects us to our resilience, then the Leonine energy of the Sun card reminds us of our heart's elasticity and its capacity to recover from even the most persistent of wounds. 
As you, dear listener, have come to understand over the course of this series, flora and fauna play a significant role in communicating the energetic qualities and narratives that accompany these archetypes. For example, the sunflowers we see in this card connect us to both its namesake, so the actual sun, and to the element of fire. Notably, there are four sunflowers that grow tall in the background, creeping up over the edge of a protective fence. Now, some interpret these sunflowers as a representation of the four elements and, by extension, the four suits of the minor arcana. But I have a slightly different take that I invite you to consider. This archetype is governed by the element of fire, and as such, it connects us to the suit of wands. For me, the sunflowers in the background fold in the jubilant energy of the Four of Wands, a card that heralds stability, celebrations, and unions. It folds all of that into the architecture of the landscape. The sunflowers in the background and the blossoms woven into the hair of the child in the foreground hearken us back to the Empress's garden, the place where all of our dreams were originally sown into the material plane. Now to avoid confusion, let me clarify that while sunflowers technically appear with the Queen of Wands and not the Empress, Because the Empress is a major arcana card, I just assume that the Queen of Wands resides somewhere within the Empress's domain. Hence the connection between sunflowers and the Empress. The sunflowers also double down on the energy of the Emperor as well, as an archetype that's associated with the element of fire and the fourth major arcana within the series. Additionally, The bright red flag in the foreground offers a nod to the Emperor's signature robe, and, as all flags do within the series, it serves to announce the birth of a new chapter, or in this case, quite literally, the birth of an heir. Hey, Editing Sarah here. I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that You know, some of these connections that I'm making between the sun and the queen of wands, the empress and the emperor, that can all sound like a bit of a stretch or at the very least, it can sound kind of convoluted. One of the things that's really challenging about this podcast is translating the conversation in my head and the visual slash verbal transmissions that I receive for each archetype into something that makes sense for listeners like you who have zero context around my thought process. While I try to strike a balance between being concise and being thorough, you know, inevitably, there are going to be some things that fall through the cracks. And as I was editing, I realized that this may be happening like right now. (laughs) So I wanted to take a moment to distill my point, which is this. These archetypes aren't standalone figures. They have backstories and relationships to other archetypes within the series. Throughout the process of producing this body of work, I've come to learn that the relational ecosystems amongst the archetypes become denser and more layered as we move deeper into the progression of the major arcana cards. Each archetype is just one part of a much longer story arc, and 
Therefore, the relational complexity that gets expressed within the card itself becomes that much more layered and intersectional as the story progresses. At least that's my perspective at the time of me recording this episode. So, you know, feel free to agree or disagree with me. I'm not here to argue with you. But for those who are open to temporarily suspending doubt for the purposes of following along, just know that the reason why I bring up other archetypes is to illustrate this larger point and to carry the macro story while remaining rooted in the story about this particular archetype. All right, I hope this helps. Now let's get back to the episode. And so when I contextualize these visual cues within the broader narrative of the Major Arcana series, the sun visually combines the energetic signatures of both the empress and the emperor. Here, we get to meet the most precious fruit of their lifelong collaboration. The combined effort between the empress and the emperor is what created the conditions necessary for the sun or their sun to flourish. As an archetype, the sun projects confidence, personal power, and comfortable self-acceptance, which are qualities that we often see with folks who have had the chance to grow up in a stable, secure environment, regardless of what that specific configuration may have looked like. As the happy baby in the foreground suggests, the parental figures of the major arcana did everything in their power to make space for their little bundle of joy, erecting protective boundaries where necessary, as we can see with the fence in the background, while leaving enough room for the sun to move about freely where the green grass grows. For me, this sub-narrative communicates that joy, whether it be felt individually or collectively, is a collaborative effort, and it's generated, felt, and sustained through our interdependent relationships. This is the legacy and the gift that the empress and the emperor have left behind for their beloved child and by extension, us. The sun is a compassionate and generous archetype that represents joy, vitality, and for me, very specifically, an integrated inner child. However, knowing that many of us have not had the experience of being raised with the kind of security and emotional attunement that the sun was born into, this archetype shares their overflow with us through play. The sun reminds us that play is an underrated strategy for addressing the inner child wounds that keep us from experiencing the full range of our joy. And so the sun rides in on their horse to coax our inner child to come outside and hang out for a while, using play as a relatively low stakes container through which to help us explore and express our emotional range while attending to our neglected needs. Playful spaces allow us to observe and respond to our independent needs in real time while remaining connected to our community of loved ones. 
It heals the parts of us that may be locked into emotional hyper-independence and it softens us back into a healthier relationship with our inner child as we learn how to feel safe in our joy again and how to feel safe while being joyful in our interpersonal and communal relationships. As I briefly mentioned a few moments ago, the oversized red flag in the foreground announces a triumphant rebirth. For me, the fabric from that flag is repurposed material cut straight from the cloth of the emperor's robe, an artifact that once represented power, status, and protection. But now, recycled to serve a different purpose, it instead announces the ecstatic reclamation of an inner freedom that becomes accessible when we retire the security blankets that weigh us down. It's as though the emperor, for the sake of his own happiness and the happiness of his lineage and the happiness of his community at large, mustered up the courage and humility to remove his own cloak as a symbolic gesture towards reparenting himself. Unencumbered by external titles and all the baggage that comes with it, he now has the spaciousness to integrate the wisdom of his inner child and share a more authentic version of himself with the world. So, whether you consider the sun to be a literal representation of the emperor's inner child or his actual offspring, either way, this archetype shines a light on the legacy of his healing. The sun's radiant confidence stems from the recognition that authenticity carries its own kind of irrevocable authority and protection. Disarming, or in this case, disrobing, is its own kind of power move. The sun represents the emotional security that becomes available after braving the undertow of the moon card. Because of the work you've put into honoring your no with the moon card, you now get to find out what you were saying yes to all along. So even though Hunkering down may have gotten you through the energetics of the moon. The appearance of the sun right afterwards reminds us that at some point, you gotta let your guard down to let the happy in. At the same time, as the tall fence in the background suggests, we must move forward with consideration and regard for our boundaries. Letting your guard down is not the same as abandoning your boundaries altogether, right? I think this is one of the reasons why, for me, this archetype feels so tied to the emperor, who is all about structure and defining where things begin and end. He's the guy who really concretizes our internal boundaries. And I mention all this because the sun is, in many ways, perceived as a seemingly endless well of generosity, right? But Leo babies intimately understand how dangerous that reputation can be to one's own well-being. So you got to use the influence of the emperor to protect your source. To reiterate the wisdom of writer, embodiment practitioner, and director of the Embodiment Institute, Prentice Hemphill, boundaries are the distance at which I can love both you and me simultaneously. This is one of the foundational ethics that allows the sun 
to function in the ways that it does as an archetype. When the sun shines, it shines freely. And when he shines, we all shine. And this archetype reminds us that our personal joy can stretch to nourish the communities that hold us. That's how important it is. However, at the same time, undisciplined generosity or generosity that lacks boundaries is a recipe for resentment. And the sun can't afford to entertain that nonsense. This card is also one that represents radical self-acceptance. But as we continue to unpack this archetype, it's important that we establish a collective understanding of what radical acceptance is and also what it isn't. So let's start with what it ain't. Radical acceptance is not about passively allowing, tolerating, or bypassing harmful behavior or patterns under the guise of fixed personality traits. Radical acceptance also isn't about consenting to systems of oppression and just throwing our hands up in the face of unmetabolized collective pain. Radical acceptance is, however, a bridge that narrows the gap between what is and what we'd like to change. While denial keeps us comfortably planted in our wounding, radical acceptance allows us to move forward with clarity and viable strategies for improvement. While denial fuels stagnation, radical acceptance awakens our agency and moves us forward. The moon and the sun as archetypes work in tandem to demonstrate how in taking responsibility for our wounding, we ultimately garner the tools that we need to take responsibility for our happiness. It's no coincidence that we meet the spirit of a child so close to the end of the Major Arcana series. At some point, the journey will require us to go back and retrieve the child we thought we had to leave behind in order to grow up. Spiritual maturation sometimes looks like letting our inner child, again, say the quiet part out loud, but to do so from a place of radical self-acceptance so that we can find our way back to our most honest selves. As we work with the sun to rebuild our sense of internal safety, we soon discover that it's at the intersection of seasoned experience and childlike wonder where we can begin to restructure our relationship to this thing we call responsibility. Because the word responsibility is often weaponized to silence the voice of our inner child, I think it's important that we take a moment to discuss how the sun supports us in reorienting our relationship to that word. In his book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, Deepak Chopra defines responsibility as, quote, the ability to have a creative response to the situation as it is now. Similarly, through radical acceptance of what is, the sun nudges us towards this kind of creative orientation to responsibility. Being responsible for one's own happiness, therefore, isn't about finding who's to blame for your discontent per se, 
but more about revitalizing your creativity in ways that heighten your capacity to respond to what is and claim this human experience as something that's yours to make. So how does one engage in the act of embracing responsibility while simultaneously prioritizing joy? Seems antithetical, but for me, the answer usually involves paying attention to process. In my work as an artist and spiritual care practitioner, I try to meet my responsibilities in ways that are not just aligned with my integrity and values, but also with what's fun. Play isn't just a learning tool or a life hack, it's an ethic. It's a boundary and a barometer for alignment. The moment I start to feel like the fun has been sucked out of a project, for example, this is the moment I need to check in because something is probably off. And so with this in mind, I just want to say that play is a kind of technology that allows us to move incrementally at what Adrienne Marie Brown refers to as the speed of trust. It allows us to meet ourselves exactly where we're at while moving at the speed of trust as we foster creative responses to what is. If you listen closely to this archetype, you may pick up on harmonic overtones that are reminiscent of an archetype we encountered at the beginning of the series, the magician. The sun represents the 19th major arcana in the series and is, according to the rules of numerology, a number that carries a similar energetic signature to the number one. Some quick math here to show my work. One plus nine equals 10, and we've reduced 10 to a single digit by adding one and zero together. Hence the number one and the tie between this archetype and the magician. Okay, this progression between the two archetypes represents a shift in how we deal with our own magic. While the magician teaches us how to wield magic, the sun takes it a step further by boldly suggesting that, hey, actually you are the magic. Finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the white horse depicted in the foreground of this card. The last time we encountered a white horse was with the death card, and to me this connection with the death card suggests that these two archetypes are also in conversation with one another. Just as joy cannot exist without grief, one cannot come back to life without experiencing the death of an old one. The sun makes space for us to grieve this, riding into the scene hand in hand with death, reminding us that joy and grief are intimately intertwined and that we can also make space for both. To borrow the wisdom in Rachel Cargill's public offerings around her own grieving process, the height of one's joy is informed by the depth of one's grief. And so the sun invites us to mourn the old versions of ourselves because when we don't, we end up blocking our own blessings through our attempts to recreate something that we need to let go of. Mourning allows us to honor what was while creating the emotional spaciousness we need to welcome what is. The sun in the upright position is a reflection of our most compelling truths and the contentment and gratitude we experience when we finally decide to live into them. 
You weren't put here to pay bills and die, goddammit. And someday, the rest of the world is going to catch up to this. But until then, you get to enjoy this wild-ass life. If you get the sun card in the upright position, prepare to be confronted with exactly what you wished for. Now, in a situation like this, the word confrontation might feel like an odd choice. After all, this is a rare moment where obscurity shifts to clarity, questions are answered, abundance overflows, and longings ripen to fruition. Confrontation, yeah feels a little misplaced, but hear me out. The tricky thing about getting what you want is that once it arrives, you now have to deal with the responsibility of having it and also the possibility of losing it. So in order to protect ourselves and also to protect what we got, we might downplay our joy. We might cover up our treasures under mountains of busy work or cynicism or feigned modesty. But the trade-off to getting what you want is that you can no longer hide. With the sun, you can't hide behind the chase and blame your discontent on everything and everyone else. You're the one who has to decide, do I want the thing or not? Nah? And so when the sun appears, this is your time to not only claim your joy, but to be generous with it. Not necessarily by giving it away to others all willy-nilly. Again, generosity without boundaries is just a recipe for resentment and self-destruction. So it's not about doing that. When the sun appears, it's about fully committing to your joy. And through example, reminding others of their own capacity to pursue their joy too. If the sun appears in the reverse, you're likely working with the repercussions of an exiled inner child, which often happens when we're forced to grow up too fast. The inverted energy of this archetype speaks to rigidness, burnout, pessimism, boredom, ingratitude, self-absorption, or deflated confidence. They're kind of two sides of the same coin. And it also represents disappointments that stem from unrealistic expectations. This card in the reverse can also speak to toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing. Depending on what else is going on in your spread, this card can give you some insight into how you might be getting in your own way and blocking your own blessings. Now, there are a number of ways to work with this card in the reverse, but generally, when we're dealing with an exiled inner child, we're likely dealing with unmetabolized fear. It's hard, again, to let the happy in when you're busy waiting for the other shoe to drop. If this seems to be the case for you, I want to encourage you to do what you need to do to meet yourself exactly where you're at rather than rush to your go-to band-aid solutions, whether you call it numbing, running, or hiding. Or rush yourself to become some idealized version of whoever or whatever you think you should be by now. Oftentimes, when we as adults try to rush a young child into feeling better, we're likely doing it because their big emotions activate the wounded parts of us that we haven't properly attended to, right? So similarly, if you get this card in the reverse, whatever comes up, 
instead of rushing to quiet that part of yourself, do what you can to create some spaciousness for them. Remember, we're dealing with the element of fire and fire needs air to grow and come back to its full luminosity. My dear listeners, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Tarot for the End of Times. If you haven't done so already, I invite you to rate this podcast, subscribe so you know when new episodes are published, and also follow me on Instagram at snakeskin.tarot for updates on this work, especially as we approach the end of the Major Arcana series. I'm not quite ready to share this publicly just yet, but I'm gearing up for some interesting pivots that I'd love to keep you informed about when the time comes. I also invite you to play around with some of these cute features on Spotify where you can share your comments about each episode directly on the episode itself, which is kind of an exciting option, I think. Lastly, if you'd like to work with me one-on-one, you can find links to book with me in the show notes. Until next time, take good care of yourselves and each other.